Oh my god, she's back a week later. Is this consistency? Maybe. Will she disappear again? Maybe. (laughs) Welcome back to the Radiant Glow Up podcast. I've just come straight from a counselling session. Literally, like five minutes ago, had my counselling session. It was really eye-opening and really intense. So I thought I'd make this week's episode about you know, my counselling experience so far, what I've gained from it, things like that. I asked on my story whether you wanted to hear a podcast on counselling or therapy because counselling didn't fit in the box or sexy time because anytime I mention something like that, it always gets a decent response. And I think, well, I know me personally, I really resonate and relate and really like hearing other people's perspectives and opinions and experiences about sex and things like that because a lot of us have gone through things that make us a little bit closed off from talking about things like that and for my own personal gain and hopefully for others I'd love to open up the conversation about certain things because it is really hard to deal with when it's just you in your own head and you only have your own experiences to go off. So I will do that again, maybe next week or at some point I'll do that again. But since I had such a profound session with my counsellor, I thought it's like it's the perfect time to talk about this. Just in general, I've had a really, really good week this week. I'm back on TikTok. I go through phases with TikTok, like I'll make them all the time and then I won't make them for ages that's fine. I'm not looking to make a career out of it or anything. Just like this podcast and Instagram, it's just stuff that I really like to do when I feel like it. And it brings me a lot of joy, gives me a bit of purpose. And it's just fun to do. So I'm Radiant Glow Up on TikTok if you want to go have a look. But I'm really enjoying what I'm making at the minute. And I'm not putting pressure on myself to do it absolutely full-time, everyday, fucking influencer-level type stuff. And it's made it really fun for me, so while I continue, go have a look. Funny story, I recorded this yesterday and ran out of time, and then I was just sitting here listening to uh, Brittany Broski on Unfiltered, and I was like, holy shit, I'm listening to a podcast, I have my own fucking podcast to do. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't even remember what I said and I'm not going to go back to listen to it because that's painful. I think... I think I talked about the choice between either talking about counselling or sexy time. Basically, I'm talking about counselling today if I haven't already said that. I'm sure I'll find out when I edit this. I've made a massive boo-boo error. I don't really... I definitely don't drink dairy anymore. I'll have like a little bit of cheese or sour cream or something, but I don't really drink dairy. Like I only ever have non-dairy milk basically. And last year when I did Shreddy, I bought some protein powder from my protein and it's just the whey one. So obviously contains dairy, right? And I'm kind of back into exercising a bit. So I thought I'd use up the rest of the bag that I've got left. That's been sitting in my room for God knows how long. And oh my God, my throat, like it's so phlegmy. (laughs) 
well, that's fucking disgusting, but the difference that it makes, like, I don't get this feeling at all when I just drink non-dairy milk. Like, oh my God, dairy makes me phlegm up so bad. And I've forgotten how bad it makes me phlegm up until I'm just trying to record a podcast after taking two sips of whey protein. Fuck my life. So I think this editing's going to be a ball ache to do because I'm going to have to edit out all my phlegmy coughs every five seconds. Phlegm aside, this is an actual informative podcast, kind of. <laughs> I wanted to start by telling you what led me to the point of reaching out to my counsellor and all of those, like how I started and how I chose her and things like that. So as I said in the last podcast, if you didn't listen to it, I had a really shitty December. My dog died. I couldn't go home. Couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. It was just really bad times for me. Uh, I'm already diagnosed with depression. So I'm already at a point where I could go into a depression. That happened. January really wasn't much better. It just carried on into January. It did get a bit worse because then we went into a lockdown and, you know, I, I hadn't seen my friends that year. I haven't seen my friends this year. Still haven't seen any of my friends this year. And it was really weighing me down. There were so many issues within myself that I hadn't addressed. You can do... I've I've tried to do it before. Like, I've tried to do shadow work and it was really helpful. But I think I really needed a professional to come in and help me resolve issues from my past and my present to help me cope with the now and the future. So I tried doing it on my... I knew that I needed to do something and I tried lots of different ways of doing it. It just didn't work. Just me on my own. I didn't have the strength to do it. I didn't have the knowledge to do it. And I just didn't have the motivation to do it consistently enough to be able to see a real difference. I was trying to meditate trying to do yoga, things like that. And it was really nice, but I just got to a real rock bottom point. I was really anxious all the time. Dinner time especially made me really anxious. So basically every single day I was really anxious leading up to bloody dinner time of all things. And my days were just really dark I just hit a rock bottom and I was like, I cannot live like this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. This is ridiculous. Either something needs to be done or I'm not going to be able to cope anymore. I didn't really have suicidal thoughts, but it was just... I genuinely do not know how I'm going to cope with this any longer. Like, if anything else bad happens to me or stressful happens to me... I I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a mental breakdown. Like I'm going to go over the edge. So I was like, right, I need to sort this. And I need to sort this now. I, I'd been to counsellors in the past. I'd been to a counsellor at uni. That was traumatising. I've, I don't know. I feel like I've spoken about this before. I haven't spoken about it in detail. But... I had a really horrible toxic relationship before I was with Adam and that 
that brought me so much trauma. And when I went to this counsellor, I went to one session with the uni counsellor and it ended up being brought up because we hadn't long broken up, really. We'd only been broken up for a year compared to the six years we were together. So I was still fairly, well, still incredibly traumatised by the whole thing. So obviously it came up and she enlightened me that I was in an abusive relationship. Like within an hour, I'd gone to this woman because I was depressed and then all of a sudden I was being told that I had been in an abusive relationship. It was just way too much to take on. Like I couldn't cope with my present, let alone cope with my past. And it was like trying to deal with two different lives at the exact same time and it was too much it just left me feeling really empty, really upset and even more depressed than I was before I went in. So I thought, right, no, I'm not going to do that to myself because I've got life to do. No, I've got uni to do. So I didn't go again. And then when I first moved in with my boyfriend and his parents, obviously I'd had massive life changes like the end of my degree was incredibly hard and incredibly upsetting for me. I'd had a massive move. I'd moved in with my boyfriend's parents. You know, a lot of life changes. You know, I'm living in a village compared to cities that I've always lived in. Just everything changed for me. And that caused a lot of disruption in my life. And caused me to go into a depression, anxiety thing again. And it got really bad. So to be able to cope, I went and saw the GP who referred me on to a free counselling service. And I went there and it was good. But I don't know if any of, any of you can relate to this feeling, but it didn't quite scratch the itch that I needed scratching. I know that sounds strange, but when I went to the sessions, I didn't come out of there feeling any better. I felt like I'd sort of talked to somebody, but I didn't feel like anything was resolved. I wasn't expecting miracles. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to be solved within a one or two sessions. I knew it was going to take a while to unpack, but I just didn't feel like I was making any progress in any of the sessions. But I hadn't been to a good counsellor before, so I didn't know what it felt like to be with a counsellor that fits you and works well with you and your situation. So... I ended up just phasing out of that because it was the start of lockdown. So we went from in person to over the phone and I just couldn't be asked to put the effort in. Like I wasn't ready to put the effort in with the counsellor and I wasn't getting enough out of it to justify putting the effort in anyway. Like I was, I was still depressed at the time and when you're depressed, at least for me, I have a limited amount of effort that I want to put into things. Like it really takes a lot of brain power to do things. So I'll only put my efforts into particular things that absolutely is either necessary or will absolutely help me. So like 
going to the doctors, that'll take a lot of effort. That'll take a lot out of me because I'm having to explain my situation and then that'll be it. I'll go to the doctors and then that's me like wiped out for the day. Or I'll clean my room, I'll put a wash on, but that'll be it, you know? So the counselling that I was going to wasn't giving me anything back and I was putting the effort in and it just wasn't working out and it was making me more exhausted than I was in the first place. More things happened in between then, but I don't really want to talk about it at the minute. I may go into it another time if it's if it's even necessary or relevant, to be honest. Fast forward, oh God. Yeah, start of lockdown that was. I stopped going to that counsellor. And then that December hit me, got to a rock bottom and I thought, right, okay, I need, this needs to change. Leading on to how I found my counsellor that I have now, I just did a Google search, to be honest, and I read uh, different counsellors' websites. I made sure to go with one that was in the local area, just because when we start to go back into normal life and I can go there in person, I'm able to travel there, obviously. And when I'm talking about particular things about where I live she'll know what I mean so like context wise she'll know what I'm talking about because she's from and works in the local area so that just made more sense to me so I checked all the ones in the local area read the website read sort of what they're about what methods they use what kind of approach that they use and I came across my counsellor And the way she worded her approach just sounded like exactly what I needed. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it it just sounded really comforting and it it really sounded like exactly what I needed at the time. It was a very gentle approach, very client-led, just really caring and nurturing rather than clinical. I didn't want I'd had experiences with a mental health nurse in a hospital and that was god-awful, so I didn't want that again. I really wanted someone who was on my side, who was going to care about me, care about my feelings and who I could build a genuine relationship with. Not just sort of doctor-patient relationship, but a counselling relationship where she genuinely thinks about me, asks how I am and just cares about me as a person, sees me as a person, you know. And the description she gave really sounded like she was able to do that for me. So I gave her an email and I asked, oh actually I gave her an email and I sort of said I really like you know, the way you've described your method. I really, I'm really interested. Are you taking on any clients right now? You know, are you doing anything over the phone? Are you able to do any in person? Are are you available for any more clients, basically? And then I've been diagnosed with depression. Haven't officially been diagnosed with anxiety. It's been mentioned by doctors and things, but that part was a bit wishy-washy because I was more focused on I'm bloody depressed, I need help kind of thing. And I feel like this time around my depression felt different. So 
I didn't know if there was another diagnosis mixed in that I hadn't had or hadn't addressed. I wasn't sure and I didn't want to self-diagnose. So I put in my message about, you know, do you diagnose if we were having a conversation and something was a bit of a red flag for you, would you be able to diagnose me and refer me to the GP for medication? So basically I asked a lot of questions. I can't remember exactly what they were, but I made sure to ask all the questions. That's one thing I'll say is if you're looking for a counsellor for a particular reason, you know, like I get very triggered by, I've only figured this out since being with her, by the way, but I get very triggered by authoritative figures. So like teachers, not necessarily my parents, but other people's parents, anyone who's has some sort of power that just makes me feel like a little kid. So I didn't want a counsellor who was going to feel like they were above me. So I made sure to, you know, loosely explain my situation. So in my email, I made sure to give kind of a rough story of how I was feeling, how I came to this point, you know, what I was diagnosed with, the medication I was on and what I wanted from counselling. So I explained how in previous counselling scenarios I'd been taken back to a point in my past way too quickly and it was really overwhelming and I really just needed the balance between addressing what's going on in my present and being able to cope with that and then being able to go back into my past to deal with those uh, demons when I was stable enough in my present because trying to go back and deal with something like that when you're not stable in your present is so difficult you know you've got to think about when you hang up the phone or leave their office are you going to be able to cope with what you've just gone through, right? So I feel like I've dealt with what's making it unbearable in my present. I've dealt with that. I feel like I can cope with that. And it's only now that we're starting to go back into my past. And when I hang up the phone, I feel like I've got the tools to be able to cope with bringing up potential traumas and it's all in my own time as well so if I don't feel comfortable to talk about it because I feel like it's going to trigger me then we won't but as soon as I feel comfortable and I feel like I can cope then we'll get into it and that that was just so important to me because I want I just wanted to be stable overall I just wanted to be stable so I made sure to include that in my email and then she, she got back to me almost instantly. That was one of the best things about her. Like, she was very active on her emails. And when I emailed her, I got a response fairly quickly. So let me move on to how I found my counsellor and all of that process. So I'd hit rock bottom we were already in lockdown again for the third time and I knew we were going to be in it for a while. So the first thing I wanted is a counsellor that was fairly local to me just because 
when I go back to work and when things open up again and when we can meet in an office, I want to be able to travel to her. So that was like my main priority. So I looked on Google Maps to look at counsellors who are local to me. I found not too many, but a, a few. So I looked on their website, looked what they're about, what method, what approaches they used, how they describe themselves on their website, how they work, their hours, where they're based, all of that stuff. I came across the counsellor that I have now and the way she described herself just sounded exactly what I needed. I get quite triggered by authority figures. So anybody who's sort of above me or gives the impression that they're above me, if they're oh my god, it sounds like I'm like, oh, don't fucking tell me what to do. I don't like people telling me what to do. It's not necessarily that. It's just if there is someone not judging me, because counsellors don't judge you, but you understand what I'm saying. If they're taking what you're saying and analysing it back to you, if it's an authority figure, that really triggers me. So I needed someone who was going to feel like they were on the, on the same level as me, basically. So like a friend, you know, you feel comfortable talking to a friend and if they've got advice for you, that feels okay. But if it came from someone who was above me, it would feel like they're judging me and telling me that I'm wrong and things. So that was really important to me. And her approach seemed very gentle, very nurturing, very caring and being in the fragile state that I was at the time, that is really what I needed. I basically needed like a professional friend where I could explain everything that was going on and they would give me practical advice while also being sympathetic, empathetic, whatever. So that was more her approach. It didn't feel clinical, it just felt like she was a lovely person who wanted to help. And that was perfect. So I gave her an email, and in the email I sort of described, or I told her, I really love your approach, it sounds exactly like what I need. And then I told her a bit of background about me, not what I'd been through, well, I suppose what I'd been through very generic just like I've been through a really hard time I'm looking for a counsellor who can do this this and that for me I've been diagnosed with depression I'm on this medication and this amount if there was anything else that you saw as a red flag would you be able to diagnose me if you can what would that process look like and things like that I asked a lot of questions and I'm usually not one to ask a lot of questions but when it comes to picking a counsellor that's right for you if you need a counsellor for very specific reasons and you know that you have triggers and things like that you need to make sure that you email them and tell them and ask them questions and just be as honest as you can with them and then hopefully they'll return that honesty back to you. Because you don't want to spend money on someone who's going to trigger you, make things worse, not help you out. I mean, you may end up doing that anyway, unfortunately. But 
if you can help it and ask as many questions as you can so you can answer before you're paying them, then all the better, really. So I made sure to ask all the questions I feel like I needed to ask. I gave the information that I felt was necessary to judge whether she would be a right fit for me and I would be a right fit for her. I also asked her if she was available, you know, if she was able to take on any clients, how her business ran during a lockdown and how it would run outside of a lockdown, all things like that. So we emailed back and forth within the same day and I was able to gather everything I needed and I decided to go with her and set up an appointment. I I literally had an appointment like two days later. It was amazing. Since I'm only in sort of the beginning stages of counselling and I don't really want to go into detail about my personal kind of counselling journey as such, at least not yet anyway, I'm not really ready to go into detail about that kind of stuff. And plus it's not really relevant. Like people feel the need to share everything. It's like, could have done without knowing that really. You didn't have to share if you didn't want to. That's how it's been for me so far. It's been incredible for me, really changed my life. The one thing I'd recommend over anything is that feel like you're strong enough to be able to go to your counsellor and explain exactly what you need. You're going to them for a service. It's their job to help you. If you come to them and they don't feel like they're able to give you what you need, find a different counsellor. Don't settle for someone who doesn't meet your needs because if you're paying for it, it's a waste of money and ultimately just a massive waste of time. So be honest, you're not going to offend them because they know full well that they're not the only type of counsellor in the world. So make sure you communicate to them exactly what you need and if something's not working, communicate it to them or find a different counsellor. There is nothing wrong with finding a different counsellor. You know, not everybody fits with the same counsellor. That is the reason why there's so many different types of people out there. You will find someone who works for you and can meet your needs and change your life, basically. I just want to say that I feel like free counsellors doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. It's just the ones that I encountered were not right for me and I thought that I would try this option. I would try going through a counselling practice to find somebody else. Basically, it was so I could have more control over who I chose as my counsellor because when it comes to the free ones, I found personally that I didn't get to choose. I mean, they're limited, obviously. They're not paid. Well, they're not paid by us or paid by hour or whatever so I definitely wanted to try a paid counsellor so I could do my own research and pick the counsellor that I wanted and it ended up working out in my favour so if you've tried free counselling and you feel like you're getting nowhere don't give up there are counsellors out there for you if you can afford it I would absolutely recommend trying a sort of I'm going to call it like a private practice because you'll never know who you're going to find and you can just read up a bit more about each individual counsellor. You can email them asking them all these questions and yeah, 
I just think it'd be a lot easier that way. Well, it was for me anyway. So my counsellor asked how I'd like to do our sessions, like over phone call or over video call. I know some do text, but I wouldn't recommend it because I I feel like it's too constructed. Like you're able to like edit your text and things. Whereas when you're talking, you can talk a lot more freely. So that's what I went with. I went with a video call so I could actually see who I was spilling my deepest, darkest secrets to. And it just makes it feel more personal. And again, it's that comfort thing for me. So that's what I went with. So we set up a video call for like two days later or something. I don't really remember that much about the first session. I've had like eight now. But basically it was like an introductory one. I explained exactly what was going on in my life right now. I'm not going to explain that to you. But yeah, exactly what was going on to make my life feel unbearable. So we were starting right with what was happening in my now, in my present. You know, really starting from right now and working backwards. My se- oh, I forgot to mention, my sessions are an hour long. They're always an hour long. If they stretch over by like 10 minutes, that's okay. I still pay the same amount. I pay her by hour. So she's very good. You know, if I'm in the middle of something, she won't stop me like dead on an hour. She'll like carry on like 10 minutes or so. But yeah, she won't take the piss. But, you know, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, <laughs> they're an hour long. It's £40 an hour for me, which I think is really fair. What I've gotten out of it is worth so much more than £40 to me. Like, I I will pay her £40. I'd pay her more than £40, but £40 is just a really fair amount per week to have an hour-long session. It's just changed my life. So, I don't know what everybody else can afford, but... I would go without so many things to be able to pay her £40 a week to have a counselling session. Like When I eventually move out and when I'm back to work and things, I I just give up everything to be able to have my counselling session. It's so incredibly valuable to me that, you know, it's just way more valuable than new clothes, makeup treats things like that it it just makes so much sense to me to go without all the other extra crap to be able to have a better quality of life it's just a no-brainer to me so that's how much I pay I think it's very fair but you know to each their own really I feel like I'm not talking about this very coherently Like, I'm not talking about this in any sort of order or anything. I'm just chatting. That's fine, right? (laughs) This isn't serious. This isn't scripted. Whatever. So, speaking of money, at the beginning, I paid her the day before our sessions. Uh, That's kind of sneaked into paying her just after the sessions. Uh, She hasn't said anything. Uh, She prefers to be paid beforehand, but I just yeah while I'm in the mindset you know I've just come out of a session I'll then go straight into my bank account and pay her the money and that's how it works I mean last week 
we weren't able to meet at our normal time. So we met the next day. So it was kind of good in that way because, you know, if you pay beforehand and you can't do a session, you're missing £40 until you do your session. So for me, I like to pay just after the sessions happen. So I've already gotten what I needed and then I pay after the service, you know. Counsellors all do it differently, but that's how it works and... I don't think she has a problem with it and it works well for me so that's what we do. Next thing I want to talk about is how it's benefited me and how it can benefit you. I mean your issues are going to be different to mine but I feel like there's an overall benefit to counselling which is it just helps you cope with life. It doesn't necessarily change your circumstances but it'll change how you cope with them, how you're able to cope with them and give you a different perspective on whatever life situation you're in at the moment. Excuse me. Fucking phlegm, it won't go away. I hate dairy. I was dealing with things that were caused, they weren't necessarily caused by other people, but I was triggered by other people's actions and that caused a reaction in me, which made me very anxious very nervous, frightened to be quite honest. I was really frightened where I was and that made it unbearable. So I described my situation and my counsellor was basically able to unpick the different aspects of what I was going through, explain it to me in a certain way and she was able to help me think about how I could react, why I'm reacting that way, what's caused me to react the way that I do and how I can change my mindset. Uh, This took a few weeks, it took about three or four weeks to fully resolve, which is a really short amount of time for certain things. However, I've now discovered that that thing that was making me frightened and anxious and triggered was to do with things that happened to me when I, oh god, before I could even talk. So it just shows that things that are happening to me in the present are caused and triggered by my past, but she was able to do it in such a way where we never addressed my past until she and I felt that I was ready to go back there and to acknowledge it and resolve it. On the surface level, it was just about how are we going to get you to cope with your situation, not necessarily as quickly as possible, but doing it a little bit at a time. So as I mentioned earlier, dinner time was really, really triggering for me. So that's where we started because that was the thing that needed to be solved as quickly as possible. So we went through all of that. She gave me some meditation to do before. And if something happened during dinner time, it was something I could do at the dinner table. We weren't necessarily going through my issues, where it came from, really going into detail, but in those first few weeks she made sure to give me tools that I could use in the meanwhile to help me to cope. And that was incredibly helpful. You know, I hadn't resolved anything, I was still getting really anxious every day, but I was able to diffuse the anxiety while I was working on the deeper issues. And that was just invaluable. 
because no matter what you're going through, if you're going to go to counselling for the long term, I feel like you need to be able to have coping mechanisms to deal with what's go what's making your life unbearable while you're going through the deeper issues, right? Like before, when I'd go into my deeper issues before being able to cope with my now, it just meant that I was coping with my now and trying to cope with my past and it just was too much. So having those tools to be able to cope in my present day, oh, amazing. I'm not sure how it works with other counsellors, but if you are dealing with something in the now that you kind of have on your radar that it's something to do with your past and you're going to go to a counsellor about it, I would really recommend, if you can, obviously it's really difficult sometimes, but if you can, voice to them that you would like to work on coping mechanisms for your life situation at this very moment in time, just so that you're able to cope with whatever's going on whilst you're going deeper into it later on down the line. My counsellor said to me in this just session past now, what? Was that that fucking English? She said to me in the session that's just been, Jesus Christ, I just had a stroke. Oh my God. She said to me that if you go into your past, if you go into a past trauma when you're not ready, that in itself is a trauma. So if during my counselling session she went way into my past when I'm not ready and it's very traumatic for me and she brings it up, it is basically re-traumatising me and counselling becomes more of a traumatic experience and that's not what you want at all. You need to be ready to go into your past and no one can force you to go there unless you are ready. You could spend months and months doing counselling and never mention it if you are not ready. I cannot stress this enough. The only reason this counselling has been the most sustainable for me is because she never ever got me to go to a place that I wasn't ready to go to or I wasn't comfortable to go to. Like she asked me a question about my past and I didn't want to answer it and she completely dropped it. She she has not mentioned it since. And also I think everybody needs a counsellor or a therapist. Everybody's got issues that they could work through a lot better than they are at the minute. Even if you feel stable, I just feel like counselling or anything like that is a really good way to work on yourself and if there are difficult situations in your life you just feel better equipped to be able to deal with those situations and also knowing that you've got almost like a lifeline when things go tits up you know you've got someone to talk to you've got someone who is there for you 100% won't flake on you and is paid <laughs> and it is their job to be there for you when things go wrong. I just feel like that's so invaluable for everybody. So I've talked about like what I've gained from it, life change and all of that. I wanted to just mention specifically what it's given me. It's given me the strength in all aspects of my life, just more strength to believe in myself a lot more 
when I hear people describe like, oh, I believe in myself a lot more. I didn't actually know what that felt like. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you believe in yourself more. That's cool. But truly when you believe that you deserve something or you believe that you have the right to be somewhere, be heard, be seen, whatever, it is so empowering and completely changes how you present yourself. In eight weeks, I feel like I present myself in just worlds different to how I did before. You know, because of this, I've been able to have the confidence to start up this podcast again and to start posting on TikTok and Instagram and things because, you know, I feel like I deserve to be heard and I deserve to take up space. And that's super important to me now where even if I don't get views or listens, I deserve to have that space. And if I enjoy taking up that space, then I will, regardless if anyone sees it or not. I like creating and I like posting, so that is what I'm going to do. And the content that I put out, I really like it, I'd watch it, and that is the only opinion that matters. That's something I've been really working on lately. I don't need other people's judgments and things. You know, you see inspiring quotes everywhere, like, oh, you don't need, like, don't listen to anybody else, the only opinion you need is your own. And it's all well and good reading all of those but I never truly believed it for myself. You know, you think, oh, the only important opinion is yours. Like, I didn't even have an opinion. I didn't have my own opinion of myself. My opinion of myself was based on everybody else's opinion of me, and it was open to change constantly. Like, if someone thought that I'd done something shit at work, I was instantly shit at my job. Even though I'm not shit at my job, that's just how it felt. Like, I did something wrong and they thought that I was shit, that's it, I'm rubbish at my job and I'll never accomplish anything. That is just, well, even the same with praise. If someone praised me, I think I'm fucking God's gift, you know? I didn't have a proper opinion of myself. I'm getting to know myself from the beginning. You know, I've always had friends who I'm not calling them friends anymore. (laughs) I've always had people in my life who tore into me and made it so that I would listen to their opinions of me and take it as fact. I've always had people like that around me growing up until the age of like 19. And it's been so destroying for my self-confidence. I've never been able to form a proper opinion of myself Even if I have, I haven't been able to bring it out into the world because I was never allowed to. I was never given the option to. And it's only now that I'm surrounded by amazing people that I've got the chance to really think about who I am, think about what I think of myself outside of everybody else's opinions. So now is the first time I truly believe that my opinion is the most important one. It isn't the only opinion that I'm going to listen to. You know, obviously I'm going to listen to other people's opinions. But just remembering that they are not mine. And what I think of myself in my own head is the most top priority opinion that I will take on board. I'm telling you this and I doubt that anybody listening is going to truly believe it about themselves just because I'm saying it. It's true 
but it takes a lot of work to be able to get to the point where you actually believe it about yourself. And with this counsellor, I finally got to that point. I've never felt this way before. So if that doesn't inspire you to get a counsellor, I don't know what will, because it's such an amazing feeling to actually almost be given permission to take control of your own life. She has given me permission to feel, just in general, I'm allowed to feel whatever I feel. There is a reason that I feel that way and it is okay to feel that way. It's just okay. It's okay to exist. It's okay to take up space. I used to try and make myself as small as possible because I didn't want to take up space and upset or annoy anybody. But actually, like, them being annoyed at me, what what's that going to do, right? Me making myself as small as possible is going to do me so much more damage than them being annoyed at me taking up space. And that's, like, one of the biggest lessons I've learned. I'm allowed to take up space. I'm allowed to be loud. I don't have to be quiet for the benefit of others. I don't have to shut myself away for the benefit of others. I and you, anybody listening, has, I'm giving you, I am giving you permission to take up space wherever you are in whatever space you're in because you're a human being and this is your life. You should be allowed to take up space. Your life is your reality. If you want to take up space, then you should. You know, you shouldn't live your life for other people in the sense that I shouldn't do that because it may annoy them. Oh my God, if they're annoyed, they can go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Trying to live my life, trying to dictate what others may or may not think is just so exhausting. And I feel like being in counselling has really freed me from that. And if there's something I really want to do, then I've given, I'm, I am able to give myself permission. That's another big thing. I'm able to give myself permission. I don't need permission from everybody else. I, I could go on and on. Maybe I'll do another one on what I've learned and things, but I just feel so free now. And if you find the right counsellor and you can have this feeling too, it is, oh my God, I can't describe it. It's like I've been in shackles this whole time. Like I was placed in shackles by people in my past and now I've finally been freed from them and it's it's just unreal. So if you can, get a bloody counsellor, will you? <laughs> so I'm going to end it there. <laughs> I could go on and on, but I think that's that's enough for now. I'll make another one if anybody wants it. And as I go on, I'm sure I'll learn more and I'll, I'll want to share more. But basically, I'm here to take up space. Whether you like it or not, whether you listen or watch or not, I'm here to take up space. And it's because of counselling that I finally feel free. And I really hope that you're able to find someone or something that can help you feel free to live the life that you actually want to live. Go on. That got really deep. <laughs> Wait, am I allowed to end it deep? I should be allowed to end it deep, right? But I feel really awkward. I want to end it with a swear word or something stupid. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, never mind. 
if you've gotten to this point, thank you so, so much for listening to me. Thank you for letting me take up space here. And I'll see you next week. Bye.